Welcome to Movie Overload, where we will be covering 100 films through the history of cinema, from a trip to the moon, to Parasite, and everything in between. Except Woody Allen. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. My name is Reese. Fuck Woody Allen. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Hannah, and I cannot make eye contact with you during the intro, or I laugh. (laughs) (laughs) And I think there's probably another person here. What up, strange man in the corner? (sighs) I'm Hunter. (laughs) Oh, he's not. He's nice, lying. Nice Scary breathing. Nice, nice to meet you. Well, welcome to the terrible. podcast. Uh, tell us a little about that bit of. Tell us some some things about yourself. Uh, <laughs> so I I grew up on the moon. You did. Mm. That's pretty cool. <laughs> wow. <laughs> some some guys came up and hung out with me and my family. It was crazy. They had like a big spaceship thing. They had yeah. long beards. Yeah. Uh. And then they left. Then they, they just kind of fell off. Did they? Did they do something to you, your family? I can't remember. You can't remember. <laughs> you want to know something crazy? <laughs> it might be a repressed memory. I'm not really <laughs> sure. <laughs> Trauma. They turned into smoke hunter. You need to admit it. Again, freaking again. You need again. to come to terms. Oh yeah, they turned them all to smoke. Oh, this is great. This is. <laughs> it's a breakthrough. Like, it's like therapy, but free. Um. Anyway, let's talk about m- other movies. No. All right. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, I guess the show's over. Fun fact. Find us at movieoverloadpod.com. Um, what bye. else we got? Probably got a Patreon. Uh, Patreon. Please <laughs> give us all your money. Not. If uh, you're like a billionaire and you're feeling generous, just like. Yeah. Just, oh, so yeah. just drop bucks. it in. Yeah. Drop in a super chat on our live streams. Ooh, we would ever do that. Fun. Which we might because another Patreon thing that we might do is the. The, the like full live stream video of the uh, the horror movie watches yes. with Hannah and horror then with Hannah maybe yeah, one day we'll have good. like video podcasts yeah where we can actually get cameras set up and that would be videos. awesome that would be a really good thing for us to like actually as add as a goal yeah. being able to afford cameras we just for that. need like at least two cameras right I have one really yes okay. and then we have so one camera one if we can rec- well. It depends because we want to get one that like can record the full length of the thing. We also need mine's pretty good. A it has HD video and quite a lot of space. That's we also cool. need a space that's not a complete eyesore to record in. Right. Hey. This is not ideal. Yeah, that's something we could do. This is our home. Maybe in the future. <laughs> anyway, I know this it's a good place, home. but you know, just not. <laughs> I wouldn't want to record. I've known Hunter my whole life, but he hasn't known me his whole life. That's true. I've known you longer than I've known Hunter. That, that is true. true. Yeah. That's very weird. It is kind of odd. Probably a few, like three years longer. Yeah. It's like a decent difference. I've known you almost a decade. You're Jeez. right. That's such a long time. Hunter, you Actually, I have known you a decade. I think because... Oh, were you around when Callum was born? No, mm. I met him when he was like almost... No, he was like one. Okay, yeah, so like... Or almost, almost one. Yeah. I think he was almost one because we moved here like almost nine years ago. Okay. So I've known you for almost nine years. Dang. Crazy. That's a long ass time. That's bonkers. Anyway, so like, obviously, the two of us have like a decent amount of on-pod chemistry. Yeah. But like, Hunter is just... Hunter's kind of new to the group. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) We're trying to include him. I don't know Hunter that well. Like, we know he's kind of interested in movies, so we just figured (laughs) we'd have him on. I I do really like movies. I watch like... Quentin Tarantino, Whoa. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, 
<laughs> Hunter, how how far do you and I go back? Uh, like 20, 20 21 years. Yeah, I guess that's that's Dang. quite a bit. I'm sorry, there was just something about your face when you were. <laughs> and I was trying. I, I was trying to not crack up too. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sincere, though. I do really like just, movies. <laughs> just to be fair, I do like both of those filmmakers. Yeah, but. But there's you know, just kind of a he stereotype was, he was that I was trying basic. to crack into, and it was funny. Uh-huh. Um, movies are good. I've seen movies. Movies are good. Is that your tagline? Yes. Yeah. Movies are good. Movies are good. I've, s- I've seen time. movies. Unless you're like The Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, that's the only thing Oof. I have bitterness towards right now. That's um, a low blow, Hunter. Bitter. We could talk about a movie that's good, though. Trigger. Really do, do any of us have... Do any of us know any good movies to talk about any good movies yeah like what comes to mind hannah like right now yeah okay so there's this like really bizarre french film okay i just watched it's only bizarre because it's in french oh huh have you heard of that what's you know like the exact one i'm talking about uh a lot of those close Uh, it's like same thing but without the rat (laughs) oh wait say ratatouille Uh, yeah um <laughs> i miss oh gosh other french films <laughs> that's great what else do we have um is it is it by chance chloe from five to seven mm-hmm. yes nice cool <laughs> okay. that's exactly so what i was talking about agnes varda <laughs> is a m- master filmmaker i don't actually know what you're talking oh. Sorry, we'll get there. It is actually on the list, so we will get there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Well, why isn't Ratatouille on the list? Uh, I'm very upset. That's a Do we have any Pixar's on the list? Probably not necessarily. Something animated is on there. How you say cultural appropriation? Pixar's long history of making movies about non-American cultures. It's a good time. It's it's a favorite pastime of Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do it a bit. And for some reason, we don't find that to be problematic. I know. It's interesting. I don't know. It's the movies are pretty good, though. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of a point in their favor. It's facts. I don't know, man. That's not my area of expertise. Nor mine. But we do have a different movie we need to talk about. Okay, so there's another, another French I film. I guess there's a second one. You could oh. argue that there is at least one more French film older than Cleo from five to seven dang uh that is also uh quote-unquote good mm. um <laughs> and perhaps i could give you my little uh my little prepared uh, a preamble all right for that oh well, let's, let's let's dive in <laughs> this is for ratatouille uh, right uh yeah okay no. uh you're gonna find out it's a that's a spoiler it's it's not for ratatouille <laughs> oh <laughs> I don't even want to be here anymore. <laughs> I'm going uh, home. Okay. <laughs> this is the thing that okay. this is the thing that I wrote. Today, we look at a war film that features no battles, a prison escape film that isn't really about the escape at all, and a movie whose sole purpose is to question the point of war in the first place and focus on the humanity of its characters, something shared across so many divisions between people, you know, something even being on different sides of a war can't erase. This is La Grande Illusion. <laughs> Why was that the Something best like that. Uh, abstract we, we. ever? Or yeah, if you're an English-speaking pleb, Grand Illusion. Pleb. I believe the French say it, the Grand Illusion. 
yeah, that's, that's the <laughs> from, Paris. <laughs> from Paris. From Paris. <laughs> from <laughs> Jean <gasps> Renoyer. Paris, oh, France. <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh! Was I was looking at like stuff about him yesterday, yeah, and I saw someone say like in Jean Renoir's memoirs. I was like, ah, oh, Renoir's Jean memoirs. Renoir's memoir. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's really good. Uh, but yeah, it's a movie from 1937, written and directed by Jean Renoir. And it's about, like, these various French prisoners of war in the First World War, at the time of creation, the only World War. Uh, and they just are, like, in these prison camps, or not prison, yeah, just prisons. And they are attempting to escape in various ways. And some fun things happen. And it's a... Uh, Surprisingly, time. yeah. That's, like, I thought that was weird, that... Yes, it can be said that fun things happen. Kind of, it, it kind of <laughs> Even is true. In a prison it's, camp. it's bizarrely yeah. lighthearted mm-hmm. uh, most of the time, um, which is kind of the point of the movie, which we can talk about mm-hmm. here because, like we were saying, it is a war film technically because it is set in World War One. You know, a sort of fresh memory at the time in thirty-seven. Um, this was like couple years before world war ii officially broke out mm-hmm. uh so that was kind of like on the horizon but there was all this kind of thought of like you know what do you even what even is war why is this happening and that's like where the title kind of came from i gotcha. guess interesting okay um, they pointed out that like that's from a 1909 book called the great illusion by norman An- angel angel with two l's <laughs> uh which is just like generally about how war is just kind of pointless and futile because like it just kind of goes against civic interests in general like it's it's only like tried to be a tool for like weird political gain like you can't really progress anything it's just going to cause a lot of death and destruction and Hmm. just kind of be annoying and, and, Hmm. and bad in general which is cool i dig that is deep so then that's kind of ends up being the sentiment behind the film as well is just that like you know, there's these big nation-spanning conflicts, but when you get down to the individual people, there's a lot that is they can bond over and is shared, even though they're technically against each other. Yeah, like that is something that I thought was like definitely a standout of of the film for me is just like the weird kind of politeness mm-hmm. between. Mm-hmm captor and captive yeah, it's really interesting and i guess like I'm, I'm not sure if there's different uh variants i haven't looked into this historically i probably should have done that but like because i think they point out that it's like they're treating these men specifically better because they're men of rank mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're like they have decent living quarters uh it's it's a prison make no mistake but like they're they are treated pretty respectably like they're like as long as you're just kind of doing your own thing you're not causing trouble like we're going to be okay and you're just going to hang out here until at least until the war is over or something so right yeah they all do seem to more or less respect each other mm-hmm. and i like that it's not framed in this way of like uh you know it's about honor or something right. trying yeah. to like like th- it's it's kind of almost surprisingly not that way mm-hmm. because there are hints of just like kind of the classism involved in yeah, that totally and I think there's kind of different perspectives on that. I think there are some characters that might be more towards the first perspective a little bit, mm. at least to some extent. But yeah, there's definitely lots of different yeah class backgrounds, 
just general opinions re- that are represented here that are kind of a lot of different it covers a lot of different grounds in the yeah. overall field of it and it's incredible once you reflect on it like how many different ways that you just kind of are subtly made aware of like mm-hmm. people's different class backgrounds and just yeah just kind of the subtle like it's just there's a little like very casual conversation yeah mm-hmm. anyway do you, do you want to give us a plot summary a little bit uh, i can kind of do it through a plot summary it basically is just like it starts off like right away just these french officers and such end up getting taken t- into a german prison and i don't know if how granular to get necessarily but there's a few kind of just it's just lots of different scenes of them just kind of doing prison things talking amongst themselves working on escape attempts trying to dig a hole underground mm. <laughs> that was really stressful mm-hmm. <laughs> when the one guy i forget his name but he's like digging the hole underground and you just see like his candle goes out and then he's like passing out and it's just like Oh God, <laughs> it was fun. It was interesting. Um, so there's all that, just various kind of things happening amongst the characters, in different ways of all that. Sorry again, I don't know how too detailed to get. I mean, I guess the the kind of the, the big the points there, big bit of the film yeah. is that eventually they get transferred they get out of moved. that camp before they escape. Right. To uh, a yeah, they're like very close to escaping. Their their holes going really well. They're, they've got basically what they're going to do, and then they get moved to like this big like fortress prison in the mountains and it's really cool mm-hmm. um and then and yeah, it's run by the guy that shot them down at the beginning of the movie yes mm-hmm. that's right i forgot about that mm-hmm. I, I don't know why i missed that yes is it raufenstein yes i think is his name so raufensteins yes. and sibwatis yes yeah so they're hanging out there and then yeah there's like kind of a cool relationship that builds up between some of them like raufenstein and will do mm-hmm. um and it's kind of the same group of officers that end up staying together mostly. Uh, but yeah. then they still are not giving up on the escape attempts. They start still uh, just with different methods and kind of different ideas working on the same point of just like, we're going to get out of here. Like, these people are pretty chill, but we can't stay here. Mm-hmm. And there is eventually a successful idea making a lot of noise and a lot of distractions where Baldu creates a distraction for his comrades to make a getaway. Just a couple of them, uh, Marshall and Rosenthal, are able to get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baldu is shot dead by his bud, Raffenstein. It's sad. It's sad. Big it's sad. And, and Raffenstein feels a decent amount of regret, but I there's like so. this weird sense of like, I have to do this duty, and I don't. Right. I don't want to. And also, sorry, mm-hmm. man. And he's yeah. l- and then they're talking before he dies, and he's just kind of like, uh, I mean, hey, it's all right for me. I get to, to move right. on from this. You're yeah. the one that's still stuck here having exactly. to deal with things. That was kind of, yeah, one of their interesting conversations from earlier is just li- like, because they're like the highest class people that we deal with. In the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they're from an aristocratic background, and they kind of realize that like, even outside of like the war context, like they actually had shared connections already. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah knew the same girl like they had these kind of shared acquaintances at like a, a place in paris and stuff like they already had those kind of class bonds in place somewhat um but then they're also just like now we're here we're just officers in war like this is kind of this is our place this is kind of who we've become and it's like if when the war ends like don't really know what's next mm-hmm. like there's kind of this weird loss so yeah then when Baldu's like on his deathbed he's like you know, it's okay. 
I did what I was supposed to do. Dying, going out this way is good. Like, yeah. I feel like this is a good end for me. He said for like uh, people of our class, this is mm-hmm. like a good way to go. Yeah. But for people of a lower class, it would be a, a right. tragic end shame, or something. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, that leaves Raffenstein to mm-hmm. deal with the aftermath because you know, the war's over probably pretty soon after this, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't don't know what happens, but it's it's an uncertain road and that's the point of it. Yeah. It's just that he has to deal with the uncertainty of that. But I really like his quote when the two of them are talking earlier in the film where he's like, one way or another, this war will be the end of the Raffensteins and the Boisdus. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, just... It's interesting. It's amazing. I feel like just every single fucking line in this movie is just, like, gold. Mm-hmm. There's a lot and of it, it's not, things, yeah. you know, it's not shot in, like, super dramatic, interesting, mm-hmm. experimental ways or, or something. But just how fast the dialogue is delivered and how brilliantly yeah. and subtly written all of it is it just effortless. makes it such an engrossing experience either mm-hmm. way. Totally. It did look pretty cool too, though. Yeah, yeah I know I mean, a lot of the lighting was like darker, mm-hmm. but I thought the ish- like I don't know, it was just nice to look at sometimes. Yeah, I'm yeah. really glad that I decided to buy it outright instead of just renting mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want to watch this we movie that. so much more. Spoiler alert: I think it's probably my favorite film we've covered so far. Really? Yeah, it's Ooh. great. It's in my top fifty at this point. It, it really worked. It's real fun. The the two. Oh, the three French films are my top three <laughs> so far. <laughs> oh, man. I wonder if that's going to continue as a trend. Uh, maybe. You but should learn French. Pretty good. I should. Yeah, it's yeah. easy. It's just like Paris. It's just like uh, Paris, Paris and like, uh, France. Yeah, croissant. Jean Renoyer. Croissant. Bread. Bread. Bonjour. Yeah, I think that's... Bon Jovi? Bon, bon Jovi. Yeah, that's, that's what that's it was. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. <Right>. <laughs> yeah, that's um, good. There is a little bit more to the movie. Really? That uh, happens after our bud, Baldu, dies. Tell me more. Tell me more. Passes away from the gunshot to the stomach. Hmm. Uh, because his pals, Marshall and Rosenthal, did make a getaway down the wall of the fortress and out, escaping, getting shot at. It's good. They travel across the countryside, walking getting angry at each other, but mostly being okay. <laughs> uh, and eventually stumbled across a German woman and her daughter living alone just in a house around there. They're like, hey, we're cool. We're not like bad thieves. We're not, we're not bandits. We're not bandits. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to hurt weird. anybody. We're just like trying to get home. And they end up staying there, it seems like for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact time frame, but like long Through enough Christmas. for foot to heal and like, yeah, enough to form an emotional bond, mm. Uh, mm. and then finally they are like, "All right, our time has come. We we gotta go home for real now. Rejoin the front, perhaps." And then uh, Elsa, the German woman, and, and Marischal have something going on, and he's like, "I don't want to leave you, but I gotta do it. Mm-hmm. I'll come back when this is all over." And then. They just kind of barely make it into Switzerland. Make it into Switzerland, which is kind of a cool ending, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did like what they did with the bit at the end. They're just being like, borders are weird. Right, like like <laughs> one of them is trying to shoot at them, and the other guy's like, no, wait, yeah. they're in Switzerland now. I really like that, too. because and then But then also one of them says, good for them. Yeah. And it's like this release where it's like, okay, we don't have to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Like not at it's all not what you expect. I'm happy right. that a they got into this kind of more neutral yeah. ground. Like it's probably I mean, I've only again, I think we mentioned that in an earlier episode. I've only seen a small bit of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. But it feels like almost the antithesis of a war movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that one's just like, let's kill as many people as we can. Yeah. And then this one's like showing that, you know, a lot of the no people violence. on that side don't want to be there. Yeah. <laughs> don't want to have to do all this I stuff. I really did like that. Yeah. Just like, yeah, just showing that's like, you've got just a bunch of people and this is kind of the humanism of it. It's kind of the, what it's notable for is that perspective on things where it's just like, there's just kind of innate value in human life and we all have these shared experiences and it's like, you know, you can be on the same side. Like we see a lot of the officers that are all French soldiers and officers and like they have a lot of different backgrounds and kind of, but they're still kind of able to find common ground between them. But then it's also like you get people on opposite sides of the war that are able to find common ground because they're just people in the same area. And mm-hmm. There's just things that everybody kind of comes across and yeah, they just want to be okay. They don't necessarily want to like, murder a bunch of people but they also see that as kind of like the duty to the country and it's just like yeah. this is what i'm supposed to do this is how i serve it's very purpose. very nuanced but also yeah. i think that bit where um how do you say his name Mar- marshall i guess i think that's how they were saying it yeah. and uh oh man was, was one of the one of the other guys in the group uh, are talking and they're just like you yeah. know I, I can't really connect with with wadu because he's just like you right. know kind of kind of out there he's just yeah. he's, he's rich and he's got his own class and mm-hmm. you know you and i have more in common right and then there is this african french guy yeah who was finished a painting and he's like look at this this took all day and then they just kind of sort of glance over at it and just completely ignore him and go back and i thought mm. that was interesting too i i don't think that was like necessarily like trying to intentionally be like well i guess i mean it is intentional obviously mm-hmm. but like not saying yes we should dismiss but it's also maybe showing where some of that does still break down it's yeah uh where it is like oh race is actually a problem that we have not that's actually harder to overcome perhaps still like, it's like i think p- part of it's that outside i think i think it's it's this kind of concept of like uh you know like even even these people that are like kind of aware of some of the issues mm-hmm. between like you know classes yeah. that are aware of the fact that it's harder to interact with people of a different class and that's kind of a messed up part of society. Mm. Even still, we're totally unaware of other ways in which, you know, we are lacking connection to other people and, yeah. you know, unintentionally just not right, not making that connection, ignoring other yeah. people. It's It's a really interesting way of pulling it off where I think instead of just like doing something, dealing with something problematically, mm-hmm. they showed something problematic and highlighted that it is a problem yeah it's it's a really small like fleeting moment uh-huh. but it's just like oh there's a disconnect there mm-hmm. why yeah like, he's just there he's just sharing this thing that he's made and it's just like there's something weird that can be addressed yeah so and it's like it's it's weird because that makes the film feel like it's simultaneously kind of hopeful in its humanism mm-hmm. of like uh so you know we can like connection between humanity is a very powerful thing that we should aim to achieve Mm -hmm. and perhaps can achieve. And maybe that's like the best of humanity, but even still kind of acknowledging that like, even in showing places in which like kind of somewhat were, he's kind of trying to show us some of the the better parts of humanity. There's still significant issues that are, yeah, it's a really, it's like hopeful. It's also kind of, 
it's not pessimistic, but it's realist. It, mm-hmm. I really appreciate that kind of thing because I think there's a lot of times that we can, in order to try to like bring out beauty in a situation, kind of disregard some of the negative things. And mm-hmm. somehow he's able to balance right. having both. Yeah, because like they could have just shown it as like perfectly fine, mm. uh, which may have ris- uh, misrepresented right the way that uh, that those relations actually are in real life like mm-hmm. at the time like yeah if that was something he saw then you know it it does better service i think yeah in real life to acknowledge that that is there and be like look at this this is weird maybe we shouldn't be like that yeah like instead of just being like no it's fine it's normal right yeah, it should be normal but it's not yet we need to address it mm-hmm. i guess anyway indeed but yeah there's just a lot of things like there's another I think in that same conversation um, that you mentioned between I think it is Marshall and, and Rosenthal is like um, noting the class uh, differences between them even because Marshall is like a mechanic from Paris like he's just he's a he's a laborer he's pretty low class sort of mm-hmm. but like Rosenthal's from like a wealthy Jewish family so he has money and lots of stuff to go around but he also shares that with people like he, he gets packages of food and stuff from his from his relatives, his family and is like, this is a wealth that I have to share with everybody that's around me. So he's able to do that as well. So they have yeah. different economic things there. But again, they just, you know, are able to share that and, and, and be mm-hmm. buds, be friends. Yeah. I just feel like there's man, just like so much to talk about and mm-hmm. just like just it some is. very like subtle bits of stuff in this film but it just there's i feel like we could probably just talk about it for like hours upon hours yeah there's there's a lot and i think i i would probably do better if if with a second watch because i feel like i definitely did not get a lot of what was going on like i was actually thinking the first pass the same thing yeah like i want to come back to it i think i could totally watch this again and get a lot more out of it Mm -hmm. i mean i guess that's true for a lot of things but this one is standing out already just just when there's like these the kind of character complexities and subtleties in their relationships that are the kind of thing that I may not uh, pick up on entirely the first pass. So yeah, it's due for a, a redo. For yeah, sure. of, all, of all the films we've watched so far, like not, I mean, obviously it's my favorite, but it's also mm-hmm. the one that I feel like probably has the most rewatchability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Cause yeah. I mean, there's, I guess that's the thing is like, I guess maybe that's one of the, the significant like, uh, betterment, I guess of a film that we've we've seen, yeah, is is this ability to like create something that has a bit more depth instead of just kind of pushing the medium forward, I mm-hmm. guess. So a lot of the films that we've covered before, are like wow, this is notable for its effects or its cinematography right. or its performance, but this one's it's like good notable art. because it yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah good storytelling mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I agree good notable just for its ideas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think mm. and that's pretty much all my favorite movies are are kind of in that vein. Like, also one of my favorite Kurosawa movies is is Dursuasala, which has kind of a similar vibe mm. to yeah. this. Just movies that have are almost entirely based in in subtle character depth and having somewhat philosophical and likely humanist. Uh, implications that mm-hmm. you can just kind of continue to to think over the more you watch them, For like sure. like what we enjoy with our uh, our modern indie masterpieces, our Gerwig movies. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it does give me kind of a similar feeling to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just like 
I don't know, a really solid representation of people in mm-hmm. interesting ways. Yeah. That does hold up to rewatch, I assume. <laughs> I'm I'm very excited too. I probably will rewatch as soon as I, I can get around to it because yeah. that's that's my thing lately is I watch a movie and then I'm like, I need to see it yeah. a second time. Do, do <laughs> some pretty quick rewatches these days. Indeed. Um I'm trying to think. Another yeah, like you're saying with the kind of just like kind of subtler character moments and things, kind of getting the the messages across of the overall movie, but also just depicting the characters. There's like Elsa, the German woman they stay with at the end, mm-hmm. uh, has like talks about how like her husband and brothers were killed in fighting, but she's like, they were Germany's greatest victories. Like, you know, this was supposed to be like overall a good thing. Yeah. But also I got hit with it really bad by losing three people that I loved. So like when you get to the smaller levels of all these things, which is, I guess, what the movie's about, just kind of looking at those smaller sections of things. It's tragic and kind of ironic, I guess. Yeah. You see some of the the worst parts of that. And it's just like the plight of the individual is kind of lost sometimes Mm -hmm. in the like bigger scale of these things. And yeah, definitely kind of a bad thing. I saw talk also about how that is kind of reflected in, in the ending as well in an interesting way of like Marshall and Rosenthal being like oh we've got to get back to the front to help end the war and then also just kind of maybe having this thought of like what what more can two more guys actually do yeah like is it even worth it like they're just two regular guys hmm. in the grand scheme of things like how much is that going to add I don't know and it's all kind of dubious at the end you know like 1917 mm-hmm. with just two guys yeah and that's kind of something where something can make a difference for sure but i don't know there's just a lot of times where you know maybe these dudes just randomly get killed in a battle and it all ultimately means nothing mm-hmm. i don't know which i'll just kind of go back to like war as a kind of useless device <laughs> right oh, 1937 1937 i mean the more we watch these movies the more i'm like there's no excuse for a movie coming out this year and sucking <laughs> right <laughs> you'd Looking hope at you probably new mutants oh oh yeah i keep seeing trailers for that it's getting some bad ratings at it the doesn't moment. look that good i'm seeing one stars all across yeah, the board yeah i saw silas feature well. friend of the pod Gave it like what one one and a half from Silas. Which oh yeah, yeah. One, I think as well. What That's up, right. Silas? Silas, what's up, Silas? Guest. Oh. I think he will be on the next episode. Yay! Be fun. Very exciting. Featuring. Um, featuring the Sci Guy. Yep. My Psy boy. Guy, Ooh. Sci-fi guy. I've hit Yarr. my my general points of trivia mm-hmm. in the report. We kind of covered. Did we cover? Do you think enough of like the. Uh, kind of general things that are in the text of the movie as far as divides and i mean yeah i think so okay unless you've got like something else i feel like we hit some big ones um it gets a little more granular from here like i don't know just funny interesting bits like like eric von stroheim who was a rafenstein didn't know a lot of german when going into this like he was like born in vienna but he spent a lot of time in america i think 
Oh. He just like at this point did not know a lot of German, so he was like learning the language and his lines in German kind of at the same yeah. time. Cool. So that's kind of interesting. That's really crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wonder, it's probably not specifically why, but they tend to go back and forth between English, yeah. German, and French right. mm-hmm. a bunch. And you have to kind of keep up with it. Yeah, it's very interesting. And I saw it noted that it is usually, like the English are usually between Rafenstein and Boldu. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a mark of being like a more educated, higher class person is that they, they know English, I guess. And as far as I remember, I don't huh. know if anybody else drops into English, but they do it when it's kind of an aside. Yeah. That maybe they don't need anyone else to hear. And they can just be like, oh, we'll just speak English because basically nobody's going to know English. That's so interesting. But yeah, just having the three languages represented is cool. Just showing the all the different kinds of people that end up. There's some Russians in the movie too, I believe. Yeah, uh, right. Just, yeah, it's just being like, yeah, this is a big thing that involves people from all over, all kind of grouped together. And at one point they say, like, when they're saying they need to go back and, like, end the war, and they said, and make it the last. Yeah. You know, because that, that was that was World totally. War One was the war to end all wars. Yep. And then 20 years later. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, World yeah. War II hadn't happened yet, but it was, like, right. I think I think Renoir was, was very aware of what was happening. Right. And being, like, we're still pretty unstable. Things are... Hitler's doing some stuff over there. And like that seems kind of like a kind yeah. of a question in there of is is it really the war in all wars? Yeah, like exactly. Being like, this sucks, but like, probably gonna keep doing it. And we did a lot. It's gonna Thanks, be a good Hitler. time when World War Three gets announced in the the coming coming decade. You know, uh, we, were, we were promised uh, a world a World War Three in twenty twenty. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we almost we were worried that yeah, was gonna the happen. Memes yeah. Were yeah prophesying which i mean if it had ended up ended up actually happening then tenet would have been even more useless <laughs> man this is true ah. i wonder if it was just delayed because of covid yeah, yeah. I think it was. yeah right totally. world war three was like <coughs> trump's just gonna announce like he's like sorry guys it's just it's got it got delayed because of covid don't worry it's coming it'll be up hey, soon sorry <laughs> promise we're working on it as soon as possible <laughs> as soon as we just uh, you know wrap it up in the editing room we'll yeah Make sure to, sure to drop we'll World War III. <laughs> Release that ASAP. <laughs> um, and speaking of, um, kind of does make me think also of the reception to the movie, which which does involve Nazi Germany, which is funny. Like, in France, when this movie came out, it was great. People loved it, but it ended up getting banned because they were worried about, like, a decline in, like, fighting morale, like, a couple years later because the war was starting and <laughs> being like, this movie's kind of anti-war. Probably not. Probably not what we want people seeing going into war, which mm-hmm. is rough. Uh, Nazi Germany, however, did the did that very quickly. Uh, I saw the term uh, "cinematic public enemy number one." <laughs> really, uh, as it was labeled by Nazi propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels. We've talked about him before. He was the one that was talking about Metropolis and yep. used it in his speech. Why are the Germans all over all these films? I don't. Well, I, I mean, guess it like makes sense, like Hitler makes sense that he didn't like this one because, like, that's funny. It's very antithetical to kind of a lot of what they were going for. Mm. Um, yeah, that makes ooh. me like this movie even more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nazis hate it. Nazis hate it. Nazis uh, hate this. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it did win some awards ourselves. for like best foreign film in the U.S. Not not uh, not any Oscars, no Academy Awards. Uh, it was, however, the first foreign film to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. What? 
That's nice. That's actually so sick. What won that year? Uh, it lost to Frank Capra's You Can't Take It With You. Oh, I've heard of that one. I mean, I Frank Capra definitely has some right. pretty well-known he films. He matters. It's a Wonderful sure. Life. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Jimmy Stewart, the movie, number 17,000. But at the same time, I'm I'm just going to go out a, on a limb and say... Um, if we were to go back and rewrite history and more foreign films were to actually win Best Picture, holy crap, yep. give it this one, yeah. please. Yeah. It would make sense. I mean, this one seems to be probably more well-regarded mm-hmm. than that at the moment. I feel like, yeah. Like, it's, this one's on the, the top 250 on Letterboxd. Right. Yeah. should be higher on that. You can't like take it with you. Isn't You Can't Take It With You, like, classic American... I mean, sappy story. Pretty like much any Frank yeah. Capra movie yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So pretty much. Big sad, but that's all right. So it'll be it. fun. We'll, we'll get around to. We have one of his movies on this list. It's so. a Wonderful Life. Yeah. Yes. Nice. I do telling. really like that film. I do, like I do it. too. It's very good. But I feel like mm. I saw something semi recently that felt like it was pretty much just the exact same thing as that movie. I can't remember what it was, but I was like, move over. It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to know what that is now. Uh, yeah, no, I should look through my. Know. That's the problem is I have seen like 240 movies this year, and so I <laughs> lose track. And this year? Yeah. <laughs> I'm only up to like 108. Yeah, 108 this how year. How do you say how many you've had in a year? Um, Letterbox. If you if you put them in your diary entries. Good stuff. You know yeah. what this was though? This is Criterion number one in the Criterion collection. Yeah, this is the first which is spine. awesome. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's a pretty good way to start out the Criterion indeed. Collection. Uh, you've got this going in. It's number one, which is also kind of a bummer because they made the big DVD printing of this in 2005, and it has been out of print ever since. Yeah, it, it didn't get didn't get a DVD. I mean, it didn't get a Blu-ray, which no sucks. No Blu-rays yet, which is weird. Like I think it could really use like a 4K yeah. scan. Why would you not take your original edition to your collection and like make sure that's out there? Right. I like guess. Seven Samurai, which I think is number two or three. Uh, yeah. I think it's number two. Mm-hmm. Is two. has still has stuff. Like I have that one. Totally. And I would love to. Like if I was going to own another Criterion movie, this would be the number one choice yeah, for me. Why not? It's pretty great. Um, so. Oh, the, the movie I was thinking of that was like, It's a Wonderful Life, but yeah. like better to me was Ikidu. Ah, yes. Kurosawa was uh, uh, 51, yeah. 52. I don't know, but I'm going to go find it. Yeah. Look, yeah. It's great. It's a good thing. There's this amazing line. I have in a, my review up here. Uh, he goes, I can't afford to hate people. I haven't got that kind of time. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Wait, good I would like. Yeah. Cool. I would really, really like to talk about this movie on the podcast but we so got say, seven samurai the man made too many epic amazing films it's okay that's too what the good too is busy for. that's true thank you You're yes welcome. <laughs> i try That'll support us i would love to do a series where i like force you guys to go through one kurosawa movie at a time like i've already done oh man there's only 31 it's okay God. we can do it it's a lot Every I time you say Seven Samurai, my brain thinks you're talking about The Last Samurai. And I'm Americans. like, those are very really different. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's the, that's, I've seen that one and I haven't right. seen the other one. Yeah. Don't worry. You will. 
and it'll it'll change your life. No Tom Cruise samurai movies. No no Tom Cruise, but Toshido Mifune, who Beautiful. I believe I, I sent you some pictures. Wonderful. Toshido Mifune. Yes. A gorgeous man. A more gorgeous man, objectively. Mm-hmm. Also, it's pretty great. Maybe objectively also a better actor. Probably. Yeah. I really liked Last Samurai. I've I heard did. good things. It's fun. I really, really enjoyed it, but I'm excited to see this one. It's probably going to be significantly different. Exactly. But oh it will yeah. be three and a half hours. It has like one word that's the same in the title. So right. You know. Brains. It does have samurai. Yeah. But it like as Only far as seven. three and a half hour movies go, it not doesn't feel long, right? Three and a half. Yeah. It's so good though, you won't even notice. Ah. Yeah, Hunter didn't even notice. It's great. It's so fun the whole time. Like, it's great. Uh, we got longer stuff than that. Believe you. That's true. We do have quite <laughs> <laughs> a few. Gone with the wind is longer. Yep, yep, yep. I'm gonna need like a lot of snack breaks. I'm gonna need like, you know, ten. Uh, what are they called? Man, I lost ten pots of coffee. There we yes. go. Yes. I don't. How did I lose the how word pot? How did you lose, <laughs> Reese? <laughs> Sorry, I just. I, I'm just. I'm sorry, no, I can't even remember. It's <laughs> pot. Uh, Let's get right. Chick Fil A to like cater our Gone with the Wind movie night. That sounds good. Yeah. Let's get Chick Fil A to cater our finishing this episode. <laughs> yeah, thing. seriously. I had a fun note. There's mm-hmm. something actually really interesting in here that I thought was neat. Um, have you guys seen Casablanca yet? Yes. I have not. Okay, cool. it's great. Uh, did you also get struck when they start singing? Uh, so there's the scene. Sorry, I'm gonna rewind. There's a scene where Marshall like goes in where they're having like that big performance and he's like, "Hey, the French have like retaken this f- uh, this fort mm-hmm. or something," and they're like, "Oh yeah, cool." And they start singing uh, La Marseillaise, which I had to look up how to pronounce, but it's like the French national anthem, mm-hmm. which is just like a scene in Casablanca, where really? something almost identical happens. I feel like it's been like a few years okay. since I watched I don't it. Remember. I saw it just uh, in my film class that I keep mentioning, gotcha. just like a year ago. Um, we love in, Hunter's film class. Yeah, that's I know. Like I keep a having like weirdly relevant time. like experiences from that. It's great. That's the point um, of the film fun. class. Good job. Um, you also took a film class though, right? I'm in like a film acting class. Oh, okay. See. So I haven't done like a college Mine class. Mine was like gotcha. intro to film studies, I think. Yeah. Like, right. So, like, see, I wanted to take that, but I won't because I actually, hence why we're, oh, I mean, hence why we're not banking them. Right. Is yes. that I will be in Switzerland. Yeah. I won't be in, I, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. Um. During right. the time, uh, that my my college is actually <laughs> holding their film class Curses. with, by the way, my favorite professor who, really, I, yeah, who, oh. who I I'm not sure he was talking about maybe doing a film class, and I just like would talk to oh. him almost all the time about specific movies because we had so much in common, that then he was like, I'm doing it. I'm oh, starting my film class. So I'm like, oh, oh man. why? <laughs> uh, Hopefully next fall maybe. Yeah. Yeah, Eesh. if I, yeah, maybe maybe the next fall if I'm still, you know, if it, if it all pans out that way, that would be great because You're yeah, at the moment I'm the only one of us that has not taken any kind of film class. Reese. You're going to do it. I which kind of is, dare you. which is, feels kind of weird. It is kind of weird. Because I'm the most like just passionate about it on your own time though. Yeah. You put the most time into it. I I'm also yeah. the kind of person that likes to study something and like get a chance to know all the things about right. it and you know sometimes that's something entirely useless like <laughs> spending a few weeks 
reading everything about skateboards and literally having <laughs> never skateboarded in my life. <laughs> True fact. That's great. Solid. <laughs> or it's not you useless. know, apparently listening to enough random podcasts that this entire movie reminded me of the cult, the battle for Kolditz Castle in World War Two. Hmm. That I thought for some reason in my head, oh, is this about? Is there a movie? But and then I oh. realized, oh wait, no. Obviously not, because that was World War II, hmm. and I'm stupid. Interesting. But anyway, highly recommend that. There's there's a, um, there's a podcast that we have much respect for on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Do go on. Yes. <laughs> and, and and they did an episode on Cold <laughs> Castle, which can just become a really interesting rabbit hole of things. Hmm. And it's a very weird story, but it's it's also kind of the same vibe of like, these people specifically a lot of uh like high class french people um being captured by the germans hmm. and living in you know pretty good conditions all things considered interesting but also trying to to break out at near the end of their war and gotcha. anyway, there's a lot of parallels hmm. but nice. anyway it's an interesting time speaking of castles it's crazy though well, like one of the the famous uh, French tennis players at the time was in, stuck up there in this castle, and he has to like they're they're being see, like besieged by Germans because they've like Whoa. are holding off the castle, <laughs> and he like jumps over the wall at night and like runs and like dodges stuff and like gets the Americans and like leads them all the way back to the castle Whoa. and like. Wow. Does all nice. this crazy it's so cool. It's he a really uses his tennis skilliage. Yeah, all the skilliage. Yee. It's yes. like basically if this movie uh had action scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. guess. And also didn't mm. maybe have quite as many interesting philosophical implications. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. But anyway. Ooh, that reminded me. Of a neat scene. I guess there's not even that much to talk about, but I liked when Marshall runs over and tries to tell the guy that they had dug the tunnel yeah. that they could use, and he only speaks English. The 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 other guy does, and mm-hmm. Marshall's like speaking to him in French, and he's like, "I I can't even understand you. Like I don't speak French." So like it's just lost. Uh-huh. And it's just like uh like these kind of sad impassable yeah. barriers sometimes because mm. not everybody shares these languages. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer, but I thought it was an interesting scene and talking about Americans and English people. It's and that's all I have Americans. To say America used to be on such good terms with France. That was like, I don't know. That's something I find really interesting looking back at in mm-hmm. history is like, you know, France is kind of the reason why we won the Revolutionary War at all and was just kind of constantly an aid to us for for so long. And then, you know, it was kind of, as far as I understand, the, the kind of the two of us that were, like, really spearheading the Paris Agreement. Obviously, France was spearheading it, but our presence there was kind of boosting its you know, thingamajig. Uh, and and, and that, that kind of comes together in this very emotionally profound statement that the, uh, the is, is it the PM of France said recently? Uh, I'm not sure. Where he was just kind of like, for all of you who are disappointed all of you Americans who are disappointed in pulling out of the French agreement, he's like, we'd like you to consider France your second home. You know, like you can, Damn, bro. you can come here, you can work here. 
which was like, I don't know why, but that just like hit me in a weird Wait, way. I'm not entirely sure I know what this is about. Mm-hmm. What is this agreement that we pulled so, out? So the Paris Agreement is is a thing where essentially all of these, these countries are like kind of signed in. Che- we check in every five mm-hmm. years and it's it, it's trying to, you know, limit our, our carbon emissions. Okay. That does be more familiar. green and basically countries are supposed to kind of given this opportunity to like set their own goals hmm. for what they want to achieve Interesting. and so we are just kind of progressively trying to as an entire nation yeah like just kind of have accountability with each other That's on awesome. meeting our own goals which and now we're not there is right yeah <sighs> no we we pulled out and we didn't really want to pull out but you know he wanted to pull out deep sigh because he said it wasn't fair that other countries didn't have as strict goals as we did thinking that like i guess he thought that the paris agreement was somehow like enforcing these goals upon oh. all the countries that signed in which is not the case it's people kind of setting their own goals of course anyway yes. so well, that's, that's for boring. for people that like re-boomed. are you know very environmentally conscious it's it's kind of a blow I'd rather we be same I feel like that would be a good thing yeah, so but that's, you know, uh, that's a bummer. It's the way it is. Oh well. But it is what it is. Anyway, it, it was it was interesting to me that like that the the French perspective on that was not exactly just straight like, gosh, America really does suck, don't yeah. they? And it even even that is just kind of highlighting just that there can be so much distance between a people and their government mm-hmm. and stuff. Or and which I think the movie kind of has right. too. Or yeah. just or a distance even between like soldiers and their governments. Like mm-hmm. they're not the same and they don't have the same perspectives on things all the time. So yeah, being like your leaders did this, but like, you know, maybe you as the citizenry have, have different thoughts yeah. and that's cool. And, that's and who right. knows? So whatever works. Maybe the PM feels that way yeah. and the people uh, of France so. don't. Maybe. You yeah, know? true. That's true. <laughs> you could go the other yeah, way. maybe they're all just like, ah, oh, they're all stupid. Right. You're not wrong. But anyway, I thought that that speech was like pretty profound. And mm-hmm. also the fact that he gave it in English. Yeah. And it was like, oh man, you know, like we don't know french you know the majority of i should i think this is what i'm learning from this episode i should uh, just learn french you should i feel like that would be good i i like i like doing the accent i don't i feel kind of weird do like trying to pronounce words in th- languages that aren't english because i just yeah. like don't have enough experience so i feel like right. i'm gonna do it wrong yeah but it's there's something scary. about the the vowel sounds of french that's like kind of fun to do and mm-hmm. i feel like i would feel less yeah, awkward about different. trying to pronounce things properly in french mm-hmm. for you some reason which is that. a dumb hang-up that i should not have learn how to speak french and make french food yeah at the I same need to time get better at that i've been cooking a lot of vietnamese food Ooh, which fancy. has french influence okay so I you're halfway there yeah i think so they I'm were hearing. semi-colonized by france for a while so like for example the banh mi which i I made Hunter eat it was that good. I made. Lovely. Is this is this Vietnamese pork sandwich that is like has to use a really nice French baguette? Like that's the kind of that's the essential ingredient. A baguette. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Baguette. How to speak French. <laughs> it's great. Anyway. Good stuff. That was a lot of random segues. No, it's all but, good. You know, I, I feel I, like I think a lot of I was kind of wanting to say too. Like I think there is a lot of stuff in this that can be applied to stuff that still happens like i think mm-hmm. anything where just violence and weird stuff enters into conflicts i mean there's been some wild weird political or like just violent things happening in in america lately and mm-hmm. a lot of weird political partisan bickering and it's just like 
why why not focus on the parts where we kind of agree and like I think there's enough like just focus on the good things and just bettering people and right working together rather than focusing on the divisions and the differences yeah. it's like like we don't need to be like Marshall and that yeah. painter. Like we right. can kind of at least try a little bit more for the, the um, Bladus and the um, German guy. Yeah, I forgot yeah, his name I already. I think so. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you know you can have different ideas and still kind of work together for something good, mm-hmm. rather than just being like we're different. Yeah, like I feel like there's, there's I'm right and you're wrong. So much like almost anti-humanism in the way that we operate as a society at the moment where it's just like now nah, the other person's wrong yeah. and they're evil and like here we have like French and Germans in World War 1 having like pretty civil conversations because they recognize at least the things that they have in common mm-hmm. and that there's like even in the like I have the duty to stop you from escaping and right. shoot you. Yeah even in that ridiculousness that shouldn't exist, there's still some amount of like treating each other with dignity and at least some amount of compassion, even if that is, you know, mm-hmm. not entirely, doesn't entirely make up for the fact that for some reason we still think that war makes sense. Yeah. You know, I think I wish I do wish there was more of that. Just like there's a lot of disagreements, but I think ultimately like everybody just wants people to, to be okay. I, I hope. Mm-hmm. and just being that like, was very humane know, yeah mm-hmm. like let's just let's let's bond over that instead of getting driven apart by the parts where we disagree and that and that goes for everyone that's my soapbox i'm done now uh it was cool uh, good soapbox. and yeah. you know what else what else this movie it, it turns out i discovered this while researching it on on the wikiped the wikipedia uh, <laughs> where they they, they mentioned that this is kind of an interesting <laughs> sorry that's what we are <laughs> No. We're Wikipeds. No. Wikipedies. No. <laughs> Reese is sinking Please. into his seat. Just take That's it, Reese. It's a joke from a like a YouTube video I saw where they're just like, it, look it up on Wikiped. Oh. And I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you whimper before. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> The point is, like, at the end of... Th- I don't even know if it came up, but they're just like, oh, also see poetic realism. Mm. So I had to look mm. into what that Lovely. was. And they're like, it's, like, sort of a film movement or tendency in, like, a lot of French films around the time specifically where it's, like, they're kind of representing reality, but not excessively, where it's just, like, they're making sets, but they're trying to make the sets, like, an exaggerated version of, like... a how it would really look i guess mm-hmm. more than more than usual i guess like most of the movie is sets and i guess and there's some exteriors of real buildings and an actual castle and stuff in this movie but i guess it falls into that category of like it's the real world but it's being filmed on set but it looks like the real thing <laughs> but ca- also kind of in ways that draw attention to the fact that it's kind of a, a fabrication i guess I'm not super that's sure on this. really this is, interesting. Yeah, but I guess that's kind of where this gets uh And I feel like logged. if I were to try to describe the ideal vibe for everything ever, mm. for my personal taste, it would be poetic realism. Yeah. It's a neat, like, phrasing yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess that's kind of where this fits in. Like, Renoir made a lot of films that would be described that way. And yeah. I didn't know what that was I before it. looking into this. Yeah. I love it. It seems cool. The kind of guy that watches Grand Illusion and is like, 
I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. That's you. <laughs> You're that kind of guy. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> um, I'm almost out of things. Um, I don't know. I, ho- I hope that wasn't like too short. I think they no, also no. noted that like it's kind of interesting. They noted that like Renoir is kind of a notable early auteur hmm. in in film. Like I've definitely of, heard a lot of things about him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, like yeah. he was he was a busy guy. It's like over forty films, directing, screenwriting, acting, producing. Like I know what so my next uh, like director that I'm oh going God. for is going to be. I was going to do Ozu, but now I'm going to go and do Renoir. Okay. <laughs> He's got a lot. It does seem like he has a lot of notable stuff. Like he's he did some really cool work, and I don't know. Sounds like he's you seemed a, he's like a cool guy. Kind of nervous about me doing. It? <laughs> You're just. Like, oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, I. It really is like sometimes I feel like I'm giving a presentation like I would for, like at school or something, and I'm just like. You're oh. so good at those. <laughs> Not always. I get pretty working. nervous a lot of the time, but like it's okay. You're, I'm getting you're by. You're doing it. I'm You're doing the thing. Oh. All right. Like, well, yeah. um, how do we how do we rate this? How do we rank this? We'll start with you, Hanene. I gave it a four and a half stars, but I also want to come back to it because I think I need to watch it again mm. and like mm-hmm. fully soak it in when I am not as tired. What do you think like made it stand out to you the most? Mm, I guess kind of the things that you touched on about the philosophical implications mm. like there were just things that happened that surprised me like i'm not a huge fan of war movies in general i just mm-hmm. don't generally have a desire to watch them but i thought things happened in this one that just kept it interesting i don't know i just yeah. enjoyed it yeah mm-hmm. country i initially gave it four i've since bumped it up to four and a half uh, just again yeah ideas are cool that are presented just functioning as kind of an, an anti-war film it's very mm-hmm. pacifist in nature and mm-hmm. i i i really like I, i'm no student of like philosophy and i don't totally know all the facets of of humanism and stuff but everything i've heard about it i really like right so seeing that yeah. kind of being represented and just being like i don't know i i agree with the uh the sentiment that's expressed and i, I think it's really great hmm. and, and powerful stuff yeah it's good um yeah, for me, I, I gave it a four and a half, but that's only because I have a very strict rule on Letterboxd that mm. I need to see something twice before I give it five. Mm. But this is a five. It would have been a five. Yeah. yeah. Uh, definitely plan on rewatching it soon. Uh, and yeah, as far as humanism goes in film, like Kurosawa has become one of my all-time favorite directors, and he's very much in the camp of humanism, uh, which I think is kind of why... His, his stuff stood out to me so much to begin with enough to the point that I did watch all 31 of his films you know just oh one a day gosh. until I got through them all and oh my gosh. have since rewatched a bunch of them I think in my opinion Kurosawa has like 8 to 10 absolute like 5 star masterpieces for me yeah. so I, wow. yeah he's my guy and I think Renoir just totally feels like he has some of that as well um, uh, also I guess another like if we're going into like similar films or anything like one of my all time yeah. favorite movies as well is a hidden life, which is, mm-hmm. you know, Terrence Malick's three hour war movie that also does not have any action scenes or yeah. war <laughs> in it at all. And yeah, kind of it also thing, just yeah. feels like it's dealing with very similar philosophical implications. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's probably more of a kind of a religious nature, mm. just like, uh, you know, the main character Franz yeah, Jägerstatter um, is just like, I I 
think that it's kind of against my religion to mm. be in this war and mm-hmm. fight for Nazi Germany. And they were like, I mean, okay, you'll get put to death. You could just, you know, s- sign, you could just basically just try to be a medic then. And he's like, yeah, but I still have to give an oath to Hitler. Mm. And he's like, I cannot do that. And it's, it's three hours of it's that. It's kind of an interesting wow. like contrast to Grand Illusion, where I feel like mm-hmm. Grand Illusion maybe is kind of being like the the fight of the individual, even when they are like on the front lines, kind of gets yeah. lost sometimes. And it's like mm-hmm. there are all these people with very individual backgrounds and, and drives and right. stuff, but it's like ultimately it is it does kind of get lost and drowned out in the grander scheme of things if you're yeah in like big these big wars, whereas the hidden life is more like there's actually a lot of nobility in the individual struggle. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting though, because they keep telling him they're like in that movie, they're like, yeah. nobody will ever remember this yeah. action. This it's like, it's meaningless. You're a drop in the bucket. Like yeah. nothing matters. Like it's just about easing your own like pain here. It's like, yeah. just, just go home. Like, it's like, this is my thing. This is, this is my fight. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Yeah. And also, there is a similar, like, there's a lot of interior shots of his home in, you know, kind of a rural part of mm. Austria. And it looks very similar to um, her house in, in mm-hmm. The Grand Illusion. Yeah. Which I, I noted because they've got the, like, that, like, um, sort of seat that just, like, is on on the wall and, like, stretches through the entire main room. I don't know if you, if you noticed that bit, but uh, there's just a kind of I a, didn't remember. a bench is just kind of, like the main central piece of, oh, the, yeah, one of those that homes. That you makes know? sense, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I think if those movies weren't both, you know, kind of long, mm-hmm. then I would say that'd be a really good thing to double feature, but I don't know who has five hours in their life to double feature. <laughs> it's good, but oof. But yeah. Five hours later. Anyway, so it's a great thing for me. It's one of, it's pretty much already become one of my favorite films that I've seen ever so uh yeah kind of five stars once i see it a second time mm-hmm. and yep Good i'm glad stuff. and i i think i like it even more the more we've talked about it so it's been good it's good anyway anyway so that that might be what we have um I think so I think we already plugged everything. Uh, Except Ryan. I did not plug Ryan. Oh. Okay. Sorry. We've got Ryan. He's here. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Johnson. No. Yes. Sorry, Hannah. <sighs> A good boy. Apparently, I was hearing that uh, Ryan Johnson's uh, partner's podcast mm-hmm. gets like recommended on our podcast. Ooh. I don't know if it's probably about Ryan Johnson so much. Probably just do a bunch of movie podcasts that gets recommended. True. Yeah. But anyway, I thought that was cool. That made me feel good inside. I need to try that still. I remember Aiden recommended it, and then I I haven't given it a try yet. I really need to. Friend of the pod, Aiden. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. We'll eventually be on here at some point. If we ever, if the thing that lets us do the four people in a non-awkward way ever actually arrives. It's going to get here. I still need to buy another microphone. Yes, indeed. We're going to make it happen, which we need to do actually pretty quickly because one Silas boy is coming soon. Yeah, we need to do that for our next episode. Yes. 
upcoming i guess we, we should probably start doing that like you know we have the list up on our website so you can see the movies we're going to cover but we were wanting to start like saying hey the next movie is going to be just in case you want to watch it mm. next movie is going to be snow white 1937 the, f- the first animated our film first horror movie <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty spoopy <laughs> it is it is yeah it's it dark. can be yeah but i can handle that it's gonna be i guess one of two movies that have uh director i think david hand is somewhat participating as in that as well no as fantasia sh- so oh yeah and the point of the list was to do like hey one one movie per director yeah but he did like one of the like a trillion shorts in fantasia so i didn't really count that <laughs> yeah i anyway. think we can get by with that yeah cool beans all right well uh We'll we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. And as we say here at the end of every episode of the Movie Overload podcast. You can't see borders. They're human creations. I liked that. Oh my gosh. That was good. Look at him go. Uh, you're, you're doing you're it. You're on a roll. <laughs> All it takes is a few weeks pressure. Exactly. Weeks like once I forget enough times, <laughs> it's, it sticks finally. And I'm like, okay. I got it. Kind of like this shtick of you not having one, but you're picking good ones. Then you just have to like quietly, subtly go to fuck Woody Allen or something. (laughs) By the way, if we didn't say that already, fuck Woody Allen. Yeah, don't like him. Yeah, not a good, not a good guy. Gross. (laughs) Subjectively and objectively disgusting. Yeet. Yar. Anyway, (laughs) I did it again. I said yar. Yar. (laughs) (laughs) We're intelligent beings. Uh, We really are. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.